Hello, and welcome back to One Conversation, the podcast where we believe one conversation can change a life. So for today's episode, we have a very special guest with us that we are pretty excited to chat with. So she is a Ninja Courage trainer and strategist, as well as a certified strengths and mindfulness life coach. She inspires people to become the best and most successful versions of themselves. So without further ado, let's go ahead and introduce our guest for today, Alyssa Norse. Hi, how are you? Doing good, Alyssa. How are you? Good. I'm good. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. <clears throat> We're so excited to have this conversation with you today. And before we dive into discussing all things Ninja Courage and some of the incredible work that you do, we like to start off with some fun questions, questions you are not previously prepared for, so we can catch <laughs> you off the cuff and get a little bit of your personality out there. So That's great. let's get into those. Our first question if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go and why? Oh, I love that question because I absolutely love to travel. And um, recently, I've been really excited to travel to Scotland. Um, so, you know, I'm a, I'm a big reader and I read a book. It wasn't the greatest book in the world, but it was just a really sweet tale that took place in Scotland. And I felt like I really just needed to go. Um, so I might be going this summer with uh, my my very best friend, uh, who is also a, a world traveler. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I've heard a lot of great things about Scotland, too. I mean, I think just like with the moors and all of that, it just looks and seems like a beautiful place and um, not one that you like often hear about, right? Like, especially for that question, if someone can go anywhere, you know, mm -hmm. Scotland doesn't typically come up, but I mean, why not, right? It sounds sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. I've been a lot of places, but that accent, right? It's so oh, good. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So we have another fun question for you, keeping you on your toes here before we get going. Would you rather, and I love would you rather questions, by the way, mm -hmm. would you rather have a rewind button or a pause button for your life? Oh, gosh, a pause button for sure. Um, you know, I I, I feel like life happens in the way it's meant to. Mm -hmm. I, I absolutely believe in divine timing and, you know, the, the universe really giving us what we need to either move forward or to to help ourselves or to help others. And so um, I think it, it's all it's all as it should be. Yeah. But I do think a pause button um, we're going to talk about strengths, I think, later. And um, for some of my strengths, I could for sure use a pause button sometimes. So, um, yeah, that that breath that we took before we started is is that pause, yeah. right? So mm -hmm. we actually have it. Totally. We always love a guest who uses our fun questions to talk about <laughs> their other content. Yeah. It happens almost every time it because does, yeah. we have such incredible guests on here that just really want to dive into their content and they're so passionate about it that it just mm -hmm. leads into the fun questions too. So I love that you just did that. Yeah. <laughs> Our third question here, if you could, and this is one that we ask every guest that we have, and this is our final fun question for you. If you could have lunch with anyone throughout time, 
fictional or non-fictional. It sounds like you're a reader, so there's a lot of options here. Right, yeah. Who would it be and why? I already saw your wheels turning, too, as we asked that. Yeah. <laughs> so you think, you know, <laughs> I know. You know, I think, um, you know, my husband is always good at answering this question. He's not good at answering, like, the what do you want to do in the future questions, but I have a really hard time with this one. It's, I think it's hard to choose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could, I could name, and you know, I, I know Tim Ferriss does a lot of this kind of questioning on his podcast. And so I always think about like, what, what, what would I do? I don't right. Know. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm like stalling, right? Um, <laughs> I think, you know, because I was preparing for this and, and looking over some of my notes, somebody that I think is um, super interesting and would be ha- would be fun to have lunch with uh, would be Brene Brown. Oh, yes. That's, a, right? that's an she's, excellent answer. She's so good. Lisa yeah. actually introduced me to Brene Brown, and I feel like I owe my life to you now, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> no, you owe it to Brene yeah. Brown. That's who you owe it to because she, yeah. she's fantastic. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a great answer. She is fantastic. Yeah, she's, you know, she's whip smart. She's funny. She's real. Mm-hmm. Um, she owns her stuff. And um, and I think what she's done is for leadership is, is captured things that we sort of know in our hearts, but aren't, she's, she's figured out a way to tell the story about them, yeah. let others tell their story about them, and then, and then explain it in words that that we understand. Absolutely. Yeah. She's such a storyteller too. That's what I think really yeah. gravitated me to her was, you know, mm-hmm. in, it's kind of what you just spoke about, right? Almost making it in a way that's very relatable. Uh, but just, yeah, that that humor she adds onto it and that just very humanistic element of her just telling kind of her own stories, right? To pass those messages along, I think is so cool. And so, yeah, that is a fantastic lunch date answer. We love that. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. I saw her speak and I was in like, one of my colleagues is a, oh, that's is a really good at being early. And she got there and got us like front row <gasps> seats. Um, and it was, it was really good. She was as good of a speaker as, as you would imagine. Yeah. Like she really, she just, you know, brings it all the time. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm very, that's on my bucket list for sure. I was just going to say, I'm very envious of that experience, but that yes. is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, good. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we kind of moved through that fun little section of questions, let's dive into the topic at hand. I am really excited for you to kind of explain some of these things today, go a little bit in depth with it. And so our first question for you, because we mentioned in your intro, right, you uh, teach Ninja Courage. And so Hmm. question one, can you just explain to the listeners out there, what does it mean to have Ninja Courage? Yeah, that's a it's it's great. I love to talk about it. So I'm going to start with a story, actually. Um, so I, for about ten years, I was the executive director of a nonprofit, and when I first started, um, I was asked to speak up at a meeting of other area nonprofit directors. Mm-hmm. Um, by my colleagues. And this was going to be a tough conversation. This was going to be one of those conversations that nobody really wanted to have. Nobody really wanted to bring up the hard things. Um, nobody wanted to really address the the issues that were there. 
And it was actually being held at the courthouse. So, you know, that's not fun anyway, yeah. right? I mean, nobody feels like, you know, very few people feel like excited or happy or relaxed when you walk through metal detectors mm-hmm. and you have to take your shoes off and you, you know, all of those things. And so I'm, you know, feeling nervous about the conversation and then you do that whole thing and, you know, and the, and they go through your bag and and then we get to the conference room door and my colleague stopped me at the door and she reached into her pocket and she had this small um, little action figure ninja. Mm-hmm. I mean, only like an inch, an inch high, right? And it was in her pocket and she handed it to me and she said, you know, we chose you to speak on our behalf because we believe in you. And here's a little ninja because everybody needs a little ninja in their pocket when they're going to do hard things. That's amazing. And it's so great. And it it really stuck with me. Um, I then would, you know, found them online and ordered a bunch and would give them out to friends and colleagues and anybody who worked for me always got a ninja. Um, And we would talk about what, what it means, right? It means you know, what, what are ninjas like? Ninjas are, they're stealth mm-hmm. and they're, they're highly trained. They're very good at what they do. Um, and they're courageous. Yeah. They go and do hard things. Um, so it's a bit of fun. And, um, you know, I think when you're about to do, when you're about to, to embark on a leadership journey, it's difficult. And so this, this makes it a little bit fun. Ninja courage is about, you know, really doing the real work of leadership, which is first Mm self-reflecting and then being able to have empathy and um, understanding where others are, whether it's people on your team or customers or clients or, um, you know, just people that you need to, to work with along the way. Um, and so that's that's courageous work. It takes a lot of ego strength. It mm-hmm. takes a lot of um, understanding of what you're good at and what you're not good at. And that um, that's really what Ninja Courage is for me. I love. I just love that symbolism too. You know, just having something mm-hmm. that just speaks to you and reminds you of the power that you have. And I think even though you know it could be something as cute and kind of silly as this little tiny ninja action figure, but things like that right. they they are really powerful in moments like that. You know, just to remind yourself of okay, I got this. Because I think a lot of us get in those predicaments, even if we are totally prepared, Uh, even if we are Mm -hmm. an expert at something and we practiced it, you know, until we're blue in the face, you know, when it's that kind of go time, right, or time to step Mm -hmm. on that stage, there's so much sometimes getting in our way. And I think that thought process, right, of, oh, my gosh, what if I screw up or maybe I'm not good enough, just having something there to kind of remind yourself, like, hey, listen, you got this. You know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know what you're talking about. You're going to get up there and nail it. Um, yeah. I just think, you know, it's it's small, but that's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I know people have told me, um, you know, they'll, they'll put their ninja on their, at their computer monitor mm-hmm. or in their car dashboard or, you know, keep it in their pocket, um, their, their power suit pocket, right? We all have that, that whatever that power suit looks like, yeah. that power suit pocket <laughs> right. for when they really need it. So, Absolutely. Um, it's been fun to see the impact of it, yeah. 
Yeah, we were privileged enough to get a presentation from you, Alyssa, a few years back. Mm -hmm. We at Live Violence Mm -hmm. Free, and I know you handed out a little ninja to Mm -hmm. all of us. And I love now to hear the backstory of that because it makes me think, you know, if you want to start some sort of business or, you know, have courage in something that you're doing, it doesn't have to be an idea that you think like totally out of the blue from the ground up, you can take what you've learned from other people and incorporate that along with your experience to build something incredible. And so it's really, it's really inspiring to hear that that's how you did that. It wasn't Mm -hmm. like, let me come up with this brand new, nobody's ever thought of it idea. I think that's so powerful that you take what you've learned from other people, and then use that to help more people. I think that's incredible. Yeah. Oh, I think I think that's what the best folks do, right? They, right. they really they see what works, um, and they they package it in a way that is their own flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just what works, just what works for you as an individual too. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our second question here in the the more serious content. Uh, what do you think are some of the most important factors in being a leader or recognizing one's individual strengths? Yeah. So when you when we talk about strengths, um, as a coach, I am a Gallup certified Clifton Strengths coach. So that means I use the Clifton Strengths self assessment. What it does is it ranks 34 identified talents or strengths for each individual. And then we talk about how to use those. Um, It's a fantastic way of understanding ourselves, but it also helps us understand others better. Mm. It's great language for the, um, what I call hot spots, right? The places in relationship that are not as easy to navigate. And it gives us some language to say, to depersonalize how we are acting or reacting, how somebody else is acting or reacting, how they think, behave, and feel, and allows us to, to work through those hotspots, I think, in a more productive way. Yeah. Um, I think that knowing and understanding and appreciating our strengths is one part of the foundation for being able to make really good decisions. And what leaders do well is make good decisions pretty consistently, Mm -hmm. right? The second part I think is values. So that's really understanding what it is that you, what it is that is most important to you. Um, And a lot of us, I think, think we know what our values are, mm-hmm. but getting very intentional about reviewing a set of values um, and and then doing some ranking to say, these are the top three to five things that I aspire to in my life or that really drive the way that I live my life uh, or are motivational for me. Mm-hmm. Um So having those two, the strengths and values, is a great foundation from which to be courageous. I think courage is super important for leadership, right? Like I said. Mm -hmm. And then being able to make those decisions. And then the other piece of of understanding that about yourself is that you're then able to appreciate that in others. And, 
empathy is, I think, the next level leadership skill. Absolutely. It's the, it's what separates good from great leaders, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I can make decisions. I know my, my skill set. I'm, I'm a subject matter expert. That's great. Can you understand your clients? Can you understand your team members? Right. Right. What are the people who work for you? What do they need? And what are they going How through? How are they working yeah. together? Yeah. What are they going through? Um, and when you, when you understand yourself, then you can understand others. And it's that self-awareness, that self-reflection. Um, and then, and then using that again to, to be more empathic about others. I think that's what, what makes great leaders. And it's not, it's not easy and it's not something that we're often taught, right? We're taught how to do things. This is really about how to be. Right. It's mm-hmm. less about the doing and more about the being. Yeah. And kind of like how to connect in a way, you know, because I don't think, mm-hmm. I don't think a right. great leader can get a lot done having no connection with the people that they're building, whatever it is they're building with. Right. So I think right. that is a huge element. Um and that courage as well, you know, you have to be able to really own your role as a leader, right? And step up mm-hmm. and, you know, be able to kind of like what Bree was saying too, you know, know what people are going through and understand how to meet mm-hmm. them where they're at. So awesome. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So throughout your time doing this work, I know you've been doing this for quite a while. Um, I must imagine mm-hmm. that you've helped empower so many people doing this and teaching and coaching. So I'm wondering if you can share a favorite success moment or maybe moments uh, throughout your time training others on Ninja Courage. Yeah, um, I, I I loved thinking about this and I, I, I see this in lots of people, so I'm not going to use one particular example, but mm-hmm. when I'm coaching someone and they start to see themselves in light of the gifts that they bring through their strengths it's really amazing. And it mm-hmm. happens when I do one-on-one coaching um, with execs or with emerging leaders. It also happens when I'm working with teams. Um, what I'll find is that people have been told they are too much in some way or another. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you remember in Alice in Wonderland, um, they talk about Alice's muchness. And, you know, like, Alice, your muchness, it's too much. Mm-hmm. And I think we, people have been told that, right? Either as a child by a, a parent, you know, who's, who's doing their best, maybe a sibling or friends or a boss. Um, and what I teach when I'm teaching strengths and courage and leadership is that our muchness is often our strengths. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's often actually where we most naturally think, feel, and behave. Mm-hmm. Now, we all can get more graceful at the way that we use our strengths. Right. We can all understand our own impact on others. Um, we don't have to, you know, our, our muchness can be dialed, maybe not down, but dialed, maybe tuned in, mm-hmm. right? In the correct formation. Uh, right. <laughs> in the correct yeah. formation, right. And in strengths language, we talk about it as you have your power and edge, and then you have your vulnerability or your basement, your, your balcony and your basement. Um, so I think when I start to see people have this shift where they are appreciating 
who they are and the gifts that they were given rather than trying to be something that they're not. Um, that, that light bulb goes off, those aha moments. It's really powerful because yeah. you can, you can really start to see people like almost tear up of like, I'm okay. Yeah. Right. I'm mm-hmm. the, who I am and the way I am is okay. I can get a little better, right? I can, I can we all be can. more mm-hmm. yeah, graceful. <laughs> um, but what I have to give is important for the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that understanding that, that investing in themselves, investing in what they're already good at, you actually get a, a three times return on your investment yeah. when you're doing that. And so, um, you know, instead of trying to fix all these things, things that, that don't feel right, investing in, in the way that you actually are, um, again, the way you think, feel, and behave, mm-hmm. it actually brings more easefulness to your life, um, more enjoyment. So, you know, more joy and then more excellence, right? So yeah. more success. And that's that idea that we don't first, um, get success and then get happy. We first get happy, get joyful, get, get centered in ourselves, and then we get successful. I really love that. Really love that. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's something really important for kind of like everyone just to think about, you know, cause we all have things about ourselves that, that too muchness, right. That you kind of referred to. And I think, yeah, a lot of the time it's, you know, like you said, our biggest strengths are kind of like these really amazing qualities of ourself and just kind of coming to terms, kind of owning that, right. Could be such a transformative process, you know, for someone to just Mm -hmm. sink in and, you know, find where they can make slight adjustments or alterations or whatever they need to do to really, you know, kind of settle into that and really appreciate and grow with that. But I think, yeah, our quirks, uh, the things that make us different, the <laughs> things that we're, you know, just like so off the wall excited about talking about or doing, right? Just all those little things and intricacies are, yeah, so important, you know? And I think a lot of people tend to shy away from those, you know, instead of mm-hmm. kind of doing what you're saying, right? And, and really finding your way to kind of fill into that niche, right? And really sink into that. So, yeah, I really, yeah. I really appreciated that answer for sure. Yeah, thanks. I love that idea of finding what you are good at and really Mm -hmm. embracing that and not pushing it away because maybe it doesn't fit into the mainstream of what you think you're expected to be like. Right. But what is your unique contribution to society? You know, maybe society is missing whatever you want to bring. You just need to figure out how to do that in an effective and efficient way. So I absolutely thank you on behalf of the world for letting people (laughs) shine their light in the way that we need their light. Yeah. And don't feel that judgment on themselves, right? For just having those qualities, you know? I do have a quick question before we move on to our last question. I'm really intrigued by this balcony and basement. Can you give me Mm -hmm. an example of that? Because I'm trying to think about it. You know, I've, I've done my values and I, I think I did a Clifton strengths a few years back. So I'm kind of familiar with that, but I'm trying to think of what my balcony and basement would be. Maybe help me figure out what that looks like. Sure. That's, that's great. So even if you haven't taken the Clifton Strengths Assessment, you can start to um, 
notice your strengths. Lisa, you sort of alluded to it, actually. Um, where do you find flow state is what we would call it, mm-hmm. right? When are you doing something that you just feel energized by it or you could mm-hmm. do it for hours? Yeah, um, get lost in the without- moment. Get lost in the moment. Exactly. What do others recognize you for, right? What do your friends come to you for? What do your colleagues come to you for? Mm. What has your um, supervisor, manager, boss, coach said, hey, you're incredibly good at this, Yeah. right? And, and even if they're talking about a doing, we can lift it to the being, right? We can say, you know, broaden it to to the ways of being in terms of, let's say I'm organized and, oh, you're so organized and you keep all these things together. So you can, you can think of that as, do I have a knack for like rearranging things to be in the right order? Or do I really feel safe and secure in standard operating procedures or a way of doing things? Mm -hmm. A, B, C, D. I don't like to veer from that, right? But, but that's what keeps us all together. So those would be two different strengths. It's a way of thinking about the doing of it mm-hmm. into really the being of it, right? So you mm-hmm. you start to see like, oh, not only do I keep the desk organized, I also like my house is organized. And I also like to, you know, I'm very organized about, uh, you know, people's birthdays, right? Mm-hmm. That's your being in relationships. So then that's how we can start to think about it. And then when you think about balconies and basements, the balcony is the power and edge, right? So um, one of the strengths that comes up most often is achiever. Mm. And um, achiever is people who like to be busy. Um, The hallmark is a to-do list. So you might be an achiever if you have lots of to-do lists, Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) right? And, and, Achievers really like to be busy and productive, right. and they often feel kind of icky when they're not. Yeah. So when we talk about balcony, the balcony, the power and edge of achiever is they get a lot of stuff done. They do not mind working hard. They can often set the pace. The basement or the vulnerability is their to-do list runs their life. Mm-hmm. Maybe over their values or over their relationships. Yep. Um, they tend to, they can, not do tend to, but they can tend to choose ticking off lots of things on the list versus doing what's most important. Right? That's the quantity over I've, quality. I'm, yeah, exactly. I've yeah. been busy, but have yeah. I actually been productive? Right. Um, and I see, I, I have high achiever. I, you know, you may as well. And I think we see that in ourselves, right? We we're like, yeah, I am willing. Sometimes I'm willing to work, you know, through the night. I wish I didn't have to do that. Right. If I had maybe, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to finish it. I'm going to get the thing done that needs to get done. But maybe if I had planned better and not done those other little tasks during the day, I could have, um, gotten those things done earlier. So that's that's how we think about balcony and basement. And we when we get more graceful in ourselves, we then start to say, yeah, I don't I don't want my to-do list to come before my relationships. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Nobody nobody at the, you know, they always talk about right on your deathbed, you didn't say, "Oh, I, I really wished I had worked more hours." Yeah. No, most <laughs> right. people say, "I wish I had done more important things or spent more time with loved ones." Mm-hmm. So 
that's where we can start to be more graceful about it, right? We can say, of course I have a to-do list and of course I work very hard. And my kids, my spouse, my partner, my friends, um, you know, when they need me, they will come first, Mm -hmm. for instance. Yeah. So we see that in all of the strengths have balconies and basements or power and edge and vulnerability. And it's really, that's where investing in your strengths gets you more graceful so that you're working more from the, um, more from the balcony than you are from the basement. Yeah. So our balcony is like what we show off to people like, Hey, look at me, I'm broadcasting this to everyone. And then the basement is like, we don't go down there. <laughs> we don't, <laughs> we yeah, don't really think, address this part. <laughs> yeah. And I, or I think, you know, it, it definitely shows up. Um, yeah. It's the, yeah, I, I think we, and, and we want to, we don't want to hide it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so we want to, we want to shed some light on it. It's often also called our blind spots. Right. Oh, okay. And blind spots, you know, um, it's such a good, uh, it's such a good analogy, right? Because when you're driving and you, you know, you go to change lanes, you're not meaning to like cut somebody off or hit somebody. You just don't see them. You literally don't see them. And, um, that's what happens, right? When we get those hot spots in relationships, they're often because of blind spots. They're places that we don't see what the other person needs, or we don't see something about ourselves. Um, so we, you know, coaching is a great way of shedding light on your blind spots, bringing the flashlight down to the basement. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Shine yeah. some light on it. All right. Moving into our last question. Do you have any quick words of advice for anyone out there, especially women here in Women's History Month, who are struggling to feel like a successful and empowered leader in their lives or their work? Yeah. You know, I think you're referring to what coaches often call imposter syndrome. Yes. So, you know, it's that feeling that you'll be found out. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, you're just waiting for the call for somebody to be like, actually, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And we just figured that out. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Or that you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You don't have, what I hear from women a lot is I don't have enough experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Or, you know, I need more certifications or classes. Many, many people feel the same way. Right. It's There's a reason it's called imposter syndrome. It's because you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Many people feel that way. And I think that's the first place to start is you don't need to feel shame around that or embarrassed or fearful. Many people feel the same way. And... I think there's some things you can do. We've been talking about strength. We've been talking about values um, and courage. I have an exercise that I use in a few different ways. Um, So I'm going to give it kind of quickly. There's three elements. So you can take a piece of paper and uh, divide it into three sections. And you can use this kind of over and over. You can use it to set goals. You can use it, um, but we'll use it here to really feel how it feels to be successful Mm. Um, because our success leaves clues. And so we want to get to a space of, okay, when I'm successful, what does that look and feel like? So that when you're 
feeling that imposter syndrome, you can, this is like a brain hack, right? You get your, your brain, your body, your emotions, that state Mm -hmm. back into that feeling of success. It's like a redirection Um, almost. It's totally a redirection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love hacks like this because often, you know, that feeling, you know, it's fleeting, you know, it will go away, but you, at the moment you can't feel that. Mm -hmm. Um, so Tony Robbins always talks about start with state. And I think it's, it's one of his more brilliant things. I mean, he says a lot of good stuff, but the start with state, right? So we're getting into a state of feeling successful. Here's how you do it. You have your paper divided into threes. And I always think writing things down rather than just thinking about them is important. Mm -hmm. Thinking is, um, right? It's our brain does those funny things to us. So get it written down. The first thing is to just pick a success from the last six months. So we talked about the achiever strength and a lot of achievers, especially women, will have a hard time finding even something that they think has been a success in the last six months. But it can be something really small. Right. Um, it could be you met a deadline. It could be you got your kids to school on time every day this week, right? It can that be is an really accomplishment. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, or it can be something big. I bought a house. I got a promotion. Um, but something pretty recent. So that's why we go to six months. When you're feeling those feelings of I'm not enough, I, I, I'm not feeling successful, um, and you want to do this, pick a success that is related to that, right? So if you're feeling that way about work, find a work success. If you're feeling mm-hmm. that way about parenting, find a parenting success. And if you feel like you can't find one, enlist help. Call your call your friend, call your spouse, partner, somebody. Call your mom. I mean, moms are you know, moms will generally give you something that right. They the they want to tell you all the yeah. things they love about you. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but but enlist help. Get that. Write that down. And then, the second column is why was that important? Mm. to you. So we always want to start with why, right? We always want to, Simon Sinek has, has again, shed some light on that. We can look to him as reference for starting with why. This is about your why, right? So it starts to illuminate your values. It starts to illuminate your strengths, but always start with why. Why was it important? When I talk about the big things and we do this, um, and we say, okay, so I bought a house. Well, for some people, buying a house is I feel like my family is safe now. Mm-hmm. For some people, it's, you know, I bought it in this great neighborhood and now everyone will know how successful I am. Both of those things are great. Yeah. But they're really different. Right. About the same, yeah, the same action. So why was it important? And then we go on the last column to your strengths. So if you have your Clifton Strengths Report, Write your top five, your top 10 strengths down on that list and how you used them to achieve that success. If you don't have your Clifton Strengths Report, that's fine. Do what we were talking about before, right? Think about what are you recognized for? Think mm-hmm. about what does your family, you know, how do you balance out your spouse or partner? Think about what does your boss what do you get recognized for? What do your colleagues come to you for? Yeah. Um, and then write down how you used each of those things to achieve that success. 
that gets us in that state of success and recognizing like, oh yeah, I actually do some things well. Mm-hmm. Th- this is what's really important to me. So it kind of clears the clutter. Right. Because not everything's important. And then how is it that I do that? Um, and that really gets to that that piece of leadership that we were talking about, right? We first lead mm-hmm. ourselves, we first self-reflect with ourselves, and then we can start to lead others. As you're talking about that, I'm thinking, you know, what do I do to my coworkers? Like, I'm thinking of a specific co- coworker. What do I go to them for? And it's kind of making mm-hmm. me think, not only thinking about what our coworkers come to us for, but making mm-hmm. sure that we're reaching out to our colleagues for their strengths. And yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. a good skill for us to have is to realize, you know, you're great at this. I'm not so great at this. Let me utilize your strength here. And I think we could do more of that, of letting other people know their strengths. Because I'm trying to think about what people come to me for. I'm like, well, maybe this, this, and this. But what do Mm -hmm. I go to other people for? Mm -hmm. Like, I want to celebrate their strengths in working with them because that will make everybody have a better working relationship. And Brie, what you're talking about is empathy, right? That's yeah. that next level leadership is really seeing that it's, actually it's not all about me, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> right? It actually may be about others as well. Yeah. And and that's where we get powerful partnerships. We're not all meant to be good at the same things. And you're absolutely right. Where I am weak, you are strong. Yeah. And if I find those places where we can come together that is the, that's where the magic lies. It's where powerful teams are created. Mm -hmm. Um, and it also means that you can, you can say, I am actually not going to be very good at this. Um, but you are right. And I need help, right? That's, Mm -hmm. that's super powerful leadership as well. And that takes courage to have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And that could be so easily done too, kind of plugged into the same you know, kind of a mold with, with friends, right? Like maybe I'm not the friend mm-hmm. that's so great at maybe planning the strip we're going on, but maybe my best friend is awesome with the organizational skills, right? And now I know I can kind of reach out to her. And same thing with family relationships. And so yeah. I think that's something yeah. that we may easily just not think about or not really recognize or know to do that, right? But it's really eye-opening. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. very excited to do that little three-part activity because – yeah, yes. I think, you know, I, I definitely suffer from imposter syndrome sometimes. I feel like, you know, oh, absolutely. a lot of people do, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. We may have yeah. ebb and flow and moments of just being like, what am I doing here? Um, but I think, you know, there is something really powerful in writing those things down, in especially asking, like reaching out, because it's not always easy to do that with ourselves. And I think back to... Mm-hmm. I think it was our first question and you said, you know, knowing what your values are. And I think mm-hmm. even things like that, you know, those aren't things that we're commonly asking ourselves. We may have an idea or just, you know, we're naturally kind of going through life and we are guided in a way by certain values, but these are things that we're just not always thinking about or maybe don't recognize. And so taking that time to actually physically write that out. I mean, yeah, it sounds like kind of silly, but like, yeah, what a difference that would make, you know, just to really take mm-hmm. time and focus on those things. And being comfortable, courageous enough to, to reach out to others. Like, Hey, what do you think I'm good at? Or what are some strengths that you see in me? That is a really, really powerful exercise. And so I really encourage our listeners out there to 
go ahead and do that. You know, you probably have some spare scraps of paper laying around and a pen. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be doing this after we hang up the phone today. So yes. yeah, absolutely. I invite you actually to, for folks to, you know, if you, if you can't do it now, right. Start your day with yourself. Mm. Start your day with an activity like that with yourself every morning. Yeah. If you start first with you, And, you know, whether it's five, 10 minutes, whatever practice it is, if it's writing, Mm -hmm. if it's answering a question like that, a journaling, if it's a meditation, if it's just the breathing, um, starting first with you can really change the way that you feel about yourself the rest of the day. Absolutely. Just set that tone and just Mm -hmm. really, yeah, have that in the forefront of your mind as you're going through your day. And hey, that may be an amazing kind of reminder as challenges come up, as you're entering into the workday, as you're entering into conversations with people that you're in relationships with, I mean, whatever it could be, um, having that, I think, in the forefront of your mind, yeah, what a difference that could definitely make. We've been talking about rituals at the end of our day because we're really diving into self-care and how we make sure that we're watching out for the compassion fatigue and all of that. Mm -hmm. So that just made me think, you know, we're spending so much time thinking about our rituals at the end of the day. How are we starting our day? That never occurred to me until just now. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's great. I love love an end-of-the-day ritual, but I'm usually so tired at the end of the day that – my ritual is just get the amount of sleep that I need, yeah. which is a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just lay down. Yeah. That's Yeah, go to bed. That is my favorite end of the day ritual is just get in bed, girl. Pull up the covers, yes. comfy pillow. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm I'm really um I'm really excited to to try that. And I think especially with your recommendation, doing that first thing in the morning, um, I think is mm-hmm. just such a great idea. And so I love that you mentioned meditation because we are about to dive into a meditation as well. But before we do, I wanted to ask, you know, you spoke a lot about the Clifton Strengths test. Now, is mm-hmm. this something that is available? Can people go ahead and access a website, take this test? Yep. Awesome. Yeah. If you just Google Gallup Strengths or Clifton Strengths, um, it, it pops up. It's for your top five report, you know, I said they, they rank all 34 of the identified strengths for every person. When you take the assessment, it takes about 45 minutes. It costs about $20 for your top five and, um, uh, maybe, maybe twice that for your full 34 report. Gotcha. If you're, if you're going to If you're going to look at your full 34 report, you get a full report. Gallup is great about giving you lots of information, Mm -hmm. even with your top five. Even investing in one coaching session around your strengths can make a huge difference in how you're able to understand yourself. Um, It can really go a long way. And there's lots of great great strengths coaches out there. Um, You can look on their website for them. You can, you know, of course, talk to me, but... um, yeah, you can you can also just take the the assessment. It's available, um, which is one of the things I love about it. It's available for everybody. Awesome and a pretty low buy-in, right? At twenty dollars, that's a pretty low investment. Yeah, that's not bad. You know, I mean, I feel like I would expect a lot more, right? You're you're diving into such like personal, such important information that they'd be able to charge a lot more for that. So yeah, I'm happy to hear that's that's pretty affordable. So. We will definitely link that down below in our description. So if anyone out there is really curious, wants to figure out those top five or the 34 strengths that they have, that will be linked below. 
But with all that being said, we are going to dive into some breathing, really round out this awesome, empowering conversation today. And what we're going to do, we're going to do it actually, it's called a shine your light confidence meditation. I thought this was really appropriate, right? Very appropriate for the topic at hand. And so if my host and guests are available and want to do this meditation if our listeners out there are available to take on this meditation i just encourage you to get into a comfortable position whatever that looks like for you and as we're finding that comfortable position i just want you to start recognizing your breathing start taking slow gentle breaths in through your nose and let it out slowly through your mouth. Gently close your eyes if it's comfortable for you. To deep breath in and out. Take a deep breath in and on your exhale, repeat to yourself, I am still. With your next few exhales, keep repeating, I am still. Notice your body relaxing and allow your body to continue to sink into that comfortable position. Start to deepen your breaths in and out. On your next inhale, imagine a small sparkle somewhere deep inside your heart. The small sparkle begins to glow brighter every time you inhale and exhale. And with these inhalations and exhalations, Feel it reaching up and expanding out. Allow this glow to become brighter and fill up the entirety of your chest. Now feel this warmth spreading out through all other areas of your body. Allow this little sparkle to grow until it's glowing from your head all the way down to your toes. On these next inhales and exhales, just feel your whole body glowing. Know that this light is your light, your personal brilliance. It is all the love in your heart It is the sum of your possibilities and know that your possibilities are endless. Think about shining this light wherever you go. When you shine your light brightly, it lets others know that it's okay for them to shine their own light too. 
continue a few breaths, basking in this wonderful glow you've created. On your next inhale, take a nice big breath in and hold it before you exhale. Do that a few more times. A big inhalation, gently holding before a big exhalation. And slowly, you can revert back to your normal breathing. You can wake your body up slowly. Gently flutter open your eyes. Roll your wrists and ankles. Wiggle or adjust in your seat or wherever you are. And I hope, especially after this wonderful conversation, that all of our listeners out there that participated will continue to feel empowered and shine that light wherever you go. So yeah, maybe, you know, if you're doing those exercises Alyssa was talking about, you're looking for what makes you feel confident and strong and what your strengths are, just remember that shining light because we all have it. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. What a perfect meditation for this episode. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That was great. Good. I'm happy you enjoyed it. Alyssa, any last thoughts before we close out? No, I'm I'm so glad to see that you're meditating with your listeners and, um, you know, really allowing people to access that social and emotional health that we all all need to cultivate. We love our meditations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's also our favorite part of the day. So. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, we look forward to our podcast episode because we know we're going to have a few moments of zen Mm -hmm. at the end of it. We will be linking information on how to get in touch and see Alyssa's work, uh, her website and other resources down below. Thank you so much, Alyssa, for being here today. And thanks for our listeners out there. Uh, We're so glad that you're able to join us in this incredible conversation. And we hope you will join us for our next episode.